0: in this place, and he has us set up for something that's, that's amazing. The first thing that I am looking for this year is the opening of hearts, the very thing I've been saying, the very thing the Holy Spirit has been saying throughout this service is the opening of hearts to the healing of the Holy Spirit. That, that opening thing is going to multiply Where a few people have been hungry for God and then more people have been hungry for God. Many more. Now, this year, watch it. You say, well, are you prophesying? Yes. So, the way you test a prophet is to write down what he says and see if it happens. And I'm not afraid, you know, like the song. I'm not afraid because this is the will of God. And if we are not really tough in resisting His will, this is going to happen. Now, you can resist the will of God, and it's not a good thing. But just here's what I want you to do. This year, I call you to wear your joy on your sleeve. Wear your victory. You have any victory in Christ Jesus? Wear it on your sleeve. Is there any self-control? Be known as the joyous or the victorious and the victorious and the self-controlled in the house, in the neighborhood, on the job, in the classroom. Let that be your reputation. Reputation. So the first thing is the opening of many hearts, many more hearts to the healing of the Holy Spirit. Number two, I expect long-time prayer projects to be answered. This Wednesday night, if the Lord wills, we're going to share with you a testimony that's fairly current. And uh, and then we're going to have some prayer. Some of you have prayed for for parents or for spouses, for kids, for siblings, for dear friends that are almost like family. You have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You've given up and then you've started over again and it's just gone on and on. And it's like, will this ever, ever end? Will this, I guess they're going to go to hell. You know, I mean, those thoughts come to you. And then you say, no, I can't, we can't do that. We can't go there. You watch what God does and how he leads you. There is a, there is a whole uh, section of a chapter, Luke chapter 18, that has this story. And this is the introductory sentence. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Then it goes on to tell the story about the widow and the unjust judge. If you've read Luke, you remember that story. And uh, this, this little gal who was disenfranchised as far as having any power uh, in any way, really, uh, she kept going to the judge who could give her help and relief in the pressure under which she was living. And he was saying, uh, get out of my face. Well, first of all, he probably didn't say anything. And, and then he had her thrown out of the court and then finally started talking to her. And, and rebuking her and insulting her and you know what every morning of the world he had to face her and you know what happened to her she got satisfaction and justice in that which she needed not because he feared God and he said it himself the judge not because he honored her not because he was had any sense of justice he was trying to protect his sanity And the Lord said, how much more will your heavenly Father, the one who so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, the one whose name is love, God is love, the one who has reached out and pulled you into himself to forgive your sins, how much more will your heavenly Father, though it may last a long time. There is that line in the King James, it says, speedily though bearing long. I don't know what that means. That sounds like an oxymoron to me. Just And so don't understand it. Just do it, and he will give you satisfaction. Number three, we as a congregation have made changes so that we can accommodate more people. This uh, building thing that I mentioned a while ago that's almost completely finished but is not paid for, we did that so we can reach more people for Jesus. When we built this facility in which you sit, we decided to build this sanctuary. I think God guided us. I've never second-guessed that whatsoever, but we had to pinch other parts of the building space-wise. Well, now we're taking off some of that pinch, and it's going to be so much better to do the work of God, not only for the uh, pre-teens, which will be the largest group that, that are occupying the new wing, but also for the rest of us because when they have their own space, then we can get back some of the space that we have given up as adults. The youth will have uh, much more room, uh, and on it goes. We have done that because we believe God is going to multiply our numbers, and he's going to do it through people whose lives are broken. They are shattered. We're not going to get very many nice people. They're going to be like the rest. No, I... I, uh, (laughs) They're going to be broken. Whom do you know in this world that's not just beaten up? And those are the ones we need. Those are the ones that God is sending us. Pray. Be open to them. If somebody's not as nice as you think you are, first of all, get over it. Secondly, begin to love them like the Lord does because you can't even grasp how much he loves them. It is not within your capability to, to put your mind around that. Another way that we, are, that we have structured ourselves to accommodate more people is in life groups. And we want to just improve our leadership there, just make them even better. And as is needed to multiply those groups, uh, this has been kind of my... Uh, I heard a gambling term called "ace in the hole." I, I I have never gambled except we used to play. We used to play blackjack on the bus for band trips with pennies, so I can't say I never gambled. Um, never, sure, never got rich there, and I don't guess I lost much, or I'd remember it. But I think ace in the hole means that you're sitting on something that if if somebody else has something better than yours, you just play that and win the the pot or whatever. How, is that the way it works? I don't want to know. Don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know that you know. This uh, These life groups, I believe, are the place that God is going to basically use to disciple all these broken people, to heal these broken hearts, to mend these broken families. We'll have marriage problems. We'll have parent-child problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we're here to do. That's why we were saved is to take care of these needs in the power of Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. Now, it was over 10 years ago that we became convinced it was time to have small groups. We trained more leaders than we had ever trained, and we trained them far better than we had ever trained. And we didn't make one adjustment, and the life groups did not have a chance to survive, and so after a little while, almost all of them died. But when it came, ta- came around again for us to say, you know what, we believe in this, let's do it, and we paid the price in giving up something that was special to this congregation. So that we could have space in our week for a life group. And we made that sacrifice. And these life groups have just been flourishing. And those are some of the best places in town. To hang out and be helped, healed and encouraged. And have an opportunity to minister to someone else. Who needs help or healing or encouragement. Now that's my ace in the hole. And when I, when I start praying about this. And my faith begins to rise, and I see a lot of numbers. I, and what are we going to do with all these baby Christians? I don't I know what I'm going to do with them. These people that have been enjoying these life groups are fixing to go to work. And it's going to be, it'll be wonderful because we will be discipling people who have just turned from darkness to light. Plan on that. That's coming. There is another thing that we plan to do as a congregation, and that is just take up another level the excellence in our hospitality min, uh, ministries. We have people who greet you. We have people who meet you at the door. We have ushers. We have uh, courtesy ministry uh, members of our congregation, and we just want these people to be better and better, and we will be offering training and helping in those areas as time goes on. We, we are setting ourselves up to multiply numbers. Now, as we go forward in this, there is, there is going to be an interesting thing that we do, and that is in certain ministries that we, that we probably are weak, we need to beef up, we will be doing that, but we're not going to try to have every ministry. I just got a, a promo from uh, Phoenix First Assembly where Tommy Barnett pastors, and Tommy is uh, I said, old Franny, we haven't spent much time together in the last 30 years, but, but, uh, but I have known him, uh, knew him in Bible school, actually, and uh, then about 50, 51 years ago, we ran into him again, and uh, spent some time socially a little bit, but got a, and he's, a, he's an incredible leader, an incredible soul winner. This is, this is Tommy, he just... He said he was talking about his board, and he said, I just let them run. I don't even go to the board meetings as long as they don't mess with my evangelistic stuff. And that, you know, I was like, well. so guys, you get to run the, you get to carry all the load. Uh, just stay out of the way of inviting these people to Jesus Christ. Uh, Tommy's has a pastor school, and it's like 246 ministries. That he wants us to know about that they have in their church and it's like I don't want 246 ministries. I want us to do what God raised us up to do. Get the message dear one. This is not to be exclusive. This is not to push people away. This is Less is more. We need to do what we do with such power and such focus. When we come in and it's time to worship, don't you sit back there having a pity party or, or doing this little revenge thing in your mind about somebody in the congregation that's hurt you or somebody outside the congregation that's hurt you. You need to get right with God in an instant of time and get in on this I don't think you have to come to the front. If they invite you to come, I think that would be a good thing. I didn't move because I was, thought I was already at the front. But if you're sitting on the front row, we'll let, you, we'll let that go. But uh, the, the deal is get with it. When are you going to, if not now? We say we're running out of time. But you probably think that's a lie, don't you? You act like it sometimes. Now, how am I going to get out of that? Let's see. i got to say something really kind and loving and nice. No, it's time to act for church. And if Jesus waits 40 years to come back, you're just going to waste time? What? How much time do you have? Some of you think, man, I've got, I got 50 more years. I've got 60 more years. And so you're just going to waste it? What? kind of stewardship is that? You hear me? You need to be saying amen better than that or we're going to be thinking that you're the one that's holding back. So this is what we call you to and Christy is going to conclude the sermon.
1: So now, how do you get get from here to there? How do you get to where the body of Crown Point Church is functioning as they should function and the purpose that the Lord has for you individually and collectively as a body? And um, I'm going to start with script, uh, scripture, Mark 1230. It may be very familiar to you. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Dealing with the heart, loving the Lord with all your heart. I think of that as salvation and totally being surrendered to the Lord completely. And, you know, as we go on in our walk, our relationship with the Lord and we call it our walk with the Lord. But as we go on. Day by day with our relationship with the Lord, we may find at times because the Holy Spirit is so gracious to point out to us places that we have not totally surrendered to the Lord. And I want you to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, the way you are when you come into this building should be the way you are at home. It should be the way you are on your job. It should be the way you are at school. Not that you have to walk around the hallways of your school raising your hand and pray, hands and praising the Lord. But your, your attitude and your smile and your joy and your peace need to go with you everywhere you go. And when it says, and, and love the Lord with all your soul, I think of this as your emotions and your will. Being totally surrendered to the Lord. And this is also an area where many of us need healing. Many of us need deliverance in the area of our emotions and our will. Because of things that have happened to us in the past. They affect the way we think and respond today. And the Holy Spirit is gracious, gracious enough if we ask him to reveal those things to him to us and then to love the lord with all of your mind this takes a daily step taking up your cross and dying to your way and living for jesus taking captive every thought and making it obedient to christ that comes from second corinthians 10:5 and not accepting thoughts that are anti christ and opposite of the word of god So our mind is a huge part of this living out this walk with the Lord. I feel like if we get this sucker under control, you know, James talks about the tongue is the most is the most difficult thing to tame. And and I thoroughly believe God's word in James, but the mind has to be second most difficult thing to tame because that's where it all starts. And that's where the lies of the enemy can come, come at you. And if you do not recognize it, you will accept those thoughts and you'll believe that they're true. Because you feel hopeless, you believe that you are hopeless. Because you feel rejected because of something that somebody has said and you believe that, it becomes reality for you. And the Holy Spirit wants to transform our minds. And we, in order for us to love the Lord with all of our mind, we need that transformed. Some of you still are dealing with prejudices that you were raised with from the time you were a little tiny person. Prejudices against other people, other churches, groups, whatever it is. That needs to be transformed. And then love the Lord with all your strength. There are days when life is not easy. When it is very difficult to live for the Lord. And it takes strength. And it takes perseverance. And it takes us saying, you know what, Lord? Come what may, I'm going to love you with everything that I am. I'm going to live for you with everything that I am. And that takes strength. We need to know God in order to love Him. We've got to get to know Him. And one of the main ways we get to know Him is through His Word. John 1 1. I love this scripture. In the beginning was the Word. Notice the capital W. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. God's Word is God. This is God. You want to know God? You got to know this. And don't give me the excuse that it's too difficult. Or you don't understand it. Mm -mm. Nope, that doesn't cut it. I don't care what your IQ is. That doesn't matter because you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you that can give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. So knowing God through his word is how we get to know to love him. And if you're having difficulty getting into the word of God, pray for a desire for his word. And then pray for understanding. And then another way we get to know and love God is through prayer. This needs to be a huge emphasis in this body is prayer. Because that's where we talk to him and we say, okay, Lord, what are you doing? And what are you saying? And where are you going? Because that's where I want to be doing, saying, and going. And you know, the word says The disciples, they didn't ask Jesus, how do we deliver people? How do we walk on water? How do we turn water into wine? How do we raise the dead? They said, teach us how to pray. It's very important. And it's talking with the Lord. And you need to corporately be praying together. And you need to be doing it individually. And you're going to get to know this one that loves you so much and has such an awesome plan. The second part of this first, it was love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this Mark twelve thirty one. love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these love your neighbor as yourself. Not only believers, but also those that do not know the Lord. But we better be treating believers well. We better be treating the body of Christ well. Even if we don't agree with some doctrine of some other church, we better be treating believers well. And especially in our corporate body here. And there may be somebody that irritates the living daylights out of you. And you better be loving them as yourself. God will anoint you and bless you. That You're going to get to know him through that. You are going to be so blessed by obedience to the Lord. That is one of the keys that I have found out probably more intensely in the last decade than anything else is how amazing the love of God is. And when I love him, he rejoices in that. And when I give of my entire self to him, it is not because he needs it. It's because I need it. I need to be loving him with all my heart and my mind and my soul and my strength. That is the only way I am going to be whole. Because when I do it on my own and I have other things before the Lord. And I love other things more than I love God. If I love my spouse more than I love God. Or if I love my children more than I love God. Or if I love this life more than I love God. I'm way out of whack. And not only do I act weird, I do weird things. And so it is all about his love for us that he says, love the Lord, your God. Because that puts everything in alignment the way it was meant to be. So in this last year, Crown Point, you have had a lot of change. You have had a lot of change here. And change is not always easy, but let's look at something. Isaiah forty three nineteen. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He is doing a new thing. God has you set up for what he wants. Not what you want. Your desires will begin to equal his desires. This is the new thing. What he wants is far better and more fulfilling. His will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. Can you perceive it? It says, now it springs up. Do you perceive it? He says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So what are you going to expect from this new thing? Change in your desires, your outlook, your thought life, your schedule and priorities and here's the biggie there will be restored hope hope restored in its prop when we have things in its proper place we're loving the lord with all our our heart our soul our mind and our strength and we're loving our neighbors ourselves things get lined up the way they should And we begin to be changed as we spend time in prayer and in the word. We begin to be transformed. We get revelation on things in the word. Things start popping off these pages that you never saw before. And maybe you never saw it before because you'd never read it before. But you begin to understand it. I heard a testimony of a man who had been on drugs for over 22 years. He dealt and he did drugs for over 22 years. And he had, he was, he was ADHD, uh, attention, uh, hyperactivity, deficit, attention, deficit, hyperactivity disorder. And he never could sit even long enough to read a book. He had never read a book. But when he gave his heart to the Lord, he was gung-ho. God delivered him over a three-day period, I believe it was, from drugs, just like that delivered any desire of that, and he began to have a desire for the word of God. And he's like, I opened this this book, this Bible, and I understood it. He said, I had never read a book in my life, and I began to understand the Bible. And that seems to be a book, which I think is the enemy, that most people say, I don't get it. He was transformed in his mind. And you know, now he has a ministry. Everywhere he goes, people are healed. It's unbelievable. And they're set free. And that's what we get. That is what we can expect when we get things in alignment the way they're supposed to be. And you know what? I am not bringing condemnation this morning and saying we are perfect. I'm just saying... Get in alignment with the Lord and what he's doing by his word, loving him with all that you are loving your neighbor as yourself, getting to know him through your word and through prayer, letting him speak to you. And then there will be restored hope. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. If you highlight in your Bible, this is a scripture to write down. Is one of my all-time favorites. And you could go on to verse 23, but we're going to only do 17 through 19. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray also want you to listen to this. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. When that sinks in and that goes in deep, there is going to be healings. There is going to be deliverances. There is going to be miracles. There is going to be prophecies. There is going to be knowledge and wisdom and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And it's not just going to take place in this building. You are going, you are going to be equipped To go beyond these walls. And you are going to have the boldness that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. To be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. To the ends of Lee Summit, Blue Springs, and Independence, and and Raytown, and, and Kansas, and Grain Valley, and on. You are equipped now. But you need to know that you are equipped now. That when you go to lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. You know, in that scripture, it doesn't say God heal them. He says, you go lay hands on them and heal them. And it says, these signs shall follow those that believe. I don't need to worry if that person I'm praying for believes because I believe. These signs shall follow those that believe. You go and lay your hands on the sick. They will recover. You go and you drive out the demon. Freely give, freely receive, you freely give it away. And that is where the change comes. But you've got to get things aligned. You've got to get loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And loving your neighbor as yourself. And these will follow. This will follow. These signs shall follow. Joel. Don't remember the chapter. I should have it memorized. But it talks about in the last days. I will pour out my spirit. You're young. And you're old. They're going to have visions and dreams. Your son's. And your daughters they are going to prophesy. That's you. That's you and that's you. Are you ready? Are you ready to be ignited with the power that is already within you? If you believe, if you are a believer, The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Not a little tiny portion. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let's all stand. And we are going to end by beginning... (laughs) With us. This is where it starts. Oh, how he loves you. And oh, how he desires for you to catch a